0: I don't know.
1: Yes indeed, there are more questions than answers, like why doesn't Tarzan have a beard? Hi America, hello world. My name is Adrian (laughs) Lee and I am your host. Do you remember Tarzan? Yes. White guy that grew up in a predominantly black neighbourhood. Welcome to the show, more questions (laughs) than answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you. To bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in back then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your lights and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting, or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce tonight's guests. Firstly, the mysterious and athervessant Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society. Heather wondered this week why toasters have a setting so high that it would burn any bread to a crisp welcome to the show Heather <laughs> <laughs> this is true on a toaster you only mm-hmm. get about halfway don't you you never take it all the way to I the don't end. even
2: get there I was just gonna say Heather and Greg we've seen how they do their toast it's not toast
1: it's warm bread yes. yeah there is a difference between toast
2: delicious
1: and warm <laughs> bread I <laughs> also wish to introduce the calm and analytical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is now a valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim wondered this week why people pay to go up tall buildings and then put money in binoculars to look at the things that are on the ground. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kim. Hello. <laughs> And finally, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is our tech expert and owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg wondered this week why there is a light that comes on when he opens the fridge. But not the freezer. Welcome to the show, Greg. (laughs) There are more questions than answers. Why is there not a light in the freezer part? That seems ridiculous. Is it too cold? (laughs) Who knows such things? This is Series 2, Episode 63. 63 is a wondrous and fabulous number, of course. 63 is the number of chromosomes found in a donkey. I always thought that nature (laughs) didn't do... Nature doesn't do odd numbers, does it? Everything's even in nature. So 63 sounds like a really odd number for a donkey to have. I guess if a donkey only had three legs, it would then be a wonky. Horses also have 63 (laughs) chromosomes as well, apparently. Did you know that? No. For extra points, straight off the bat, points to be had, which side of a horse has more hair?
3: The outside.
1: (gasps) Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) That was a messy Sunday, wasn't it? (laughs) Points to be had. You're absolutely right. The hairiest part of the horse is, of course, the outside. The International Dialing Code of 63 will see you put through to the Philippines. The Philippines, of course, is a large coffee-producing nation. Colombia gave the world the best coffee beans. The Japanese refined coffee production so more people could enjoy coffee around the world. The Americans gave the world the most brands and global coffee shops. And the Philippines, of course, invented the two-hour coffee break. (laughs) 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 the unfortunate australian cricketer philip hughes died on the field in 2014 when a cricket ball hit him on the neck when he was on the score of 63 if you had one cricket ball in one hand and another cricket ball in the other what would you have two balls a very large cricket that is true (laughs) heather's on fire each week I like to read out the mailbag. You send me your Facebook messages, your emails, and I'm always very grateful to receive those. Mary in Pennsylvania shared a wonderful post this week. She has written, I love this show. My dad got me hooked on it. And now it's a kind of bonding thing where we listen to it late at night and just discuss each topic. Thank you for bringing my family closer together with such quality Entertainment. That's a joy, isn't it? That is a good Jason in Las Vegas posted ninety eight percent of your shows are brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) I know. That's very specific, isn't it? I did ask him actually if the two percent was when Heather was talking. (gasps) (laughs) He actually then went on to clarify that he gives no more than fifty per cent to any other show. Except So that. I'm not quite sure where there's room for improvement. If you could let me know how we can gain that extra 2%, I'd be very happy. Jonas, a regular listener in California, says of last week's show, not missing this one. In fact, I get to listen to it live. Grabbing a coffee from the Philippines and wrapping myself in a blanket to get spookified. I wonder if he can hear the sound of my mother snoring from his room next door. That would be a little odd, though. If you wish to join our Facebook site, all of tonight's stories are there for you to peruse. We have video footage, we have photographs, we have stories and chat rooms and things that we can't read out on air due to time restraints. But if you wish to join us on there, that is more questions than answers with Adrian Lee on Facebook. We also have a Twitter account. We currently have 82,000 followers on Twitter. That's Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S for the international paranormal society we have many archives in many places if you can't listen to our show then you've only got yourself to blame we are on itunes stitcher soundcloud all over the place if you go to soundcloud.com and type in mqta radio you will find our last three years of shows on there you can listen to them in the car walking the dog in the gym anywhere you wish we also have a youtube channel with some very funny outtakes again under more questions and answers With Adrian Lee, and remember my latest book, How to Be a Christian Psychic What the Bible Says About Mediums, Healers, and Paranormal Investigators, is currently available for you to buy. We are currently about to enter June. We are going to penetrate June fully on the first Wednesday, the first next Wednesday. So here's some fabulous and fascinating facts about June, and you need to listen because there will be points. Available at the end of this. Originally, June had 29 days, but was given one day more by Julius Caesar in 46 BC when he reformed the Roman calendar. It is named after the goddess Juno. So who was Juno, the goddess of Heather? Juno, married to Jupiter. Mars was one of her sons.
3: uh, Juno,
1: the goddess of got me. I don't know, Juno. Juno. Do you know? I That's don't. That's what I said. <laughs> wow. It's going to be a long night, ladies and gentlemen. I'm almost tempted to remove points, but I'm not sure. I'm in a generous mood, but it was close. Can I remove half a point? Let me do that. Just for the sake of yeah, the show, let's just remove half a point. Never before in the history of more questions than answers have half points been taken away, but you're just on the verge. <laughs> on the verge. I didn't feel that was a full minus point. So I'm going to take half away. I'm sure by the end of the evening, you can find the other half somewhere. Kim, Juno, the goddess of
2: water? Water. No, that's wrong.
1: Okay. You're taking your own. Yeah. You're taking your own points away. Yes. Greg, any thoughts? I have no clue. You are going to kick yourself, Kim, because you said to me before we came on air that you knew that June was the month of what? Weddings. She is the goddess of marriages.
2: Oh my. Uh, You had
1: a chance. You've, Managed to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, of course. As in, do you know how bad my marriage was? (laughs) The Independence Day of the Philippines is on June the 12th. So uh, one long coffee break on that day for everyone there. Kentucky became the 15th state on June the 1st, 1796. And four years later, on the very same day, the United States welcomed the 16th state. And that was tennessee june has the zodiac signs of gemini and cancer and accounts for 17.8 percent of the population of america so halloween being a popular month to so get frisky apparently it's all the costumes and also thanksgiving celebrations apparently perhaps it's cold weather creeping in as well what do you think that could be you'd have to look when you had so many births the most amount of births take place in june july it makes you want to go back and see what was happening during those months summer holidays isn't it it's everyone having the end of their summer holidays full starting halloween costumes i can see where that's going we have the very first mqta astrology quiz and there are points to be won. i want to know the percentage of women who follow astrology compared to men how many women follow astrology on a daily basis obviously that aren't men 63 Your game was with 63 kim 78 78 69 oh greg you're very close kim's winning points i need to make a note of this it is 75 75 percent of people that read astrology are in fact women i want to know the number of americans or the percentage of americans that believe in astrology So you took a poll, asked random American strangers in the street, do you believe in astrology? What percentage said they believed in astrology? 53. 53. You're going for roughly half there, aren't you? 12. 12. 20. 20. Greg has won himself some points. It is. 33% of Americans believe in astrology. I'm looking now. If you go to Google... And you type in the word astrology, I want to know how many websites would come up that you would hit just doing a Google search on astrology. Heather, what are you going with? It's in the millions, I might add.
3: Seventy two million.
1: Seventy two million. Yeah. Greg's doing it as we speak. Cheater. <laughs> I bet he's got the wrong answer though. It's
2: gonna be sixty nine, you know that.
1: He's going, you're going So for... I'm
2: I'm gonna go lower than that and I'll say forty five.
1: 45. Greg, million. what are you going for? 30 million, 400,000. Can you try and be more specific? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I Greg, having done it on his uh, computer there in the production booth, is obviously right. I don't know where the points should be had. Ingenuity. Uh, points for ingenuity over anything else. Finally, points to be won here. Number of professional astrologers in the USA. How many people call themselves professional astrologers? 217. 217. Yes. Well, like 217 or yes. 217 people yes. in America are calling themselves astrologers. Apart from the fact there's 30 million websites out there. Okay, yes. we'll I'm go. I'm just
3: going with professional, professional ones.
1: Professional. We call ourselves Not a professional one. Is this a professional radio show? Well, are you a professional presenter? Well, Kim! <laughs> Dangerously close to losing another half point there. It's going to be a long night for you, isn't it? With fractions. She spends about a third of her day thinking about fractions. <laughs> Kim! God. I can't even remember the question. Number of professional astrologers in the USA is
2: 28 million.
1: 28 million. So we've got 200 and how many? 217. <laughs> yes. And Kim's gone with 28 million. Yeah. I've got to split the difference somewhere, haven't I? I want 20,000. Greg is the closest. Maybe he's not. What's my math? Heather's actually the closest. <laughs> it's 7,000. God, it took me a while. <sighs> You're now on one and a half. i'm an aries of course which means why aren't you looking at me i'm fabulous you need to be paying attention to me look at me i'm fabulous Uh heather is a scorpio which means that three years ago i may have said something to her and uh, we'll be walking into the studio and she'll hit me over the head with a golf club and i'll say what's that for as i'm picking up my teeth like tic-tacs off the carpet and she'll say three years ago you said this yeah she has the memory of an elephant and works in the dark That is a Scorpio. Kim and Greg are both Libra, so they can't make a single decision between them. (laughs) We did a follow-up investigation this weekend at the amazing Four Paws restaurant. It's in St. Paul in Minneapolis. If you remember, about three or four months ago in February, we did an investigation there. This was a follow-up investigation based on all the evidence we've got. This caused a lot of controversy at the time because I said we were the first paranormal investigation team ever to investigate the very famously haunted four paws restaurant yes and a large number of people were very angry and they wrote to me and they said well we've been in there we've done it how can you say you're the first we were the first ones the owners had actually let in all the other teams had walked around had been let in by the bar manager had put a K2 meter up their sleeve and put a DVR in their pocket and kind of walked around unofficially without the owners actually knowing. So we were the first official overnight investigation. And unfortunately, walking around with a K2 meter in your pocket whilst people are having dinner does not count as a paranormal investigation. These are the same teams that probably claim to have investigated the Glen Glenshee mansion by walking around with a DVR in their pocket, I would suggest. Is that too controversial? Yes, it is. I'm in a very controversial <laughs> mood. You this are. is where we are, but I did investigate that with my team, the International Paranormal Society, at the weekend. And I want to say, firstly, that the owners are very nice people, they're fabulous. Oh, yes, they uh, mm. were very welcoming to us, and I really appreciate the time they spent with us and allowing us to investigate it, the Four Paws restaurant. It was a building, of course, owned by Joseph Four Paws, he built this in Summit a very posh area of St. Paul in eighteen sixteen. It's a fabulous classical building. If you go to my Facebook site, if you look for Adrian Lee, I've posted photographs of that investigation. And it's very haunted. Joseph Fourpaws, the original owner, unfortunately, got depression and he walked into the local park with a gun and shot himself in the head back in the day. So there's a lot of trauma there. There's a lot of ghosts wandering around the building. Heather what were your highlights from that?
3: Well, uh again, it's being with our team is always a highlight, the second family. Always a laugh, always a highlight. In fact, a caveat to our story besides going to the location was that we actually tried making a trip to Dairy Queen before
1: we started. This is true. En masse. <laughs> the whole team. A very odd, eclectic bunch of people right. from all over the Midwest. <laughs> We walked several blocks away to, to try visit.
3: to raid Dairy Queen.
1: <laughs> and unfortunately, Dairy Queen wasn't there anymore, was it? He no, had long since no. disappeared, unfortunately. So if our listeners are hearing this at the moment, we did try to take Heather to Dairy Queen. But oh. unfortunately,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work out. We
1: were thwarted without plans, unfortunately. But you're absolutely right. It's fabulous to get together with everybody. One of the things that was very interesting, Scott our team leader who's based up in superior did do an investigation on the uh, first floor in the parlor. Mm -hmm. And he had a knocking. He said, if you can make a noise, if anyone's there and they had the door closed and a person very specifically knocked twice on the door. And of course they rushed to open the door and there was no one there. So he had a lot of poltergeist activity. That was one of the things that he thought was very impressive.
3: Now in regards to the investigation in and of itself, the one part I remember is we actually asked um Joseph Joseph for pause where he got shot yes. in the head. Yes. And he repeated that he got shot in the mouth.
1: Yes. It was a very the owner it's not a question I would have normally asked a spirit because that's laden with trauma. Right. And you don't necessarily ask a spirit who shot themselves in the head where did you shoot yourself and I'm guessing if you're right-handed then I made the assumption that you'd just shoot yourself in the right-hand side. Temple or something. It's difficult to shoot yourself in the left hand side of the head if you're right handed, (laughs) right? right? Unless you're Mr. Fantastic. Right. Or is it Dr. Fantastic? I can never remember. (laughs) Stretch Armstrong. Unless you're Stretch Armstrong. That's right. And he's the guy who failed all the drugs tests and was on the Tour de France. Um (laughs) No, I know he was the first man on the moon. You can't pull the wool over my eyes. So we were asking Joseph Fourpaws. He was talking to me. I had him come through and tell me his name and various bits and pieces. I have spoken to him before when we did the first investigation. He did come through on the spirit box and say he was there. And he said his name was Joseph. And he remembered me from our previous discussions. But the owner actually stepped in and asked this. So if the owner says it, you know, that's not so bad. It's not my place necessarily to ask somebody where they shot themselves. But twice, he said he confirmed it twice. That he shot himself in the mouth and of course the newspaper reports back in the day of the period wouldn't have included that kind of detail even now i think if you read a suicide report in the newspaper it wouldn't necessarily give that kind of detail do you see what i mean it's considered a bit macabre i guess yeah is where we are so we had a fabulous evp we were on the second floor Mm -hmm. and uh, we're in the restaurant part of the building that of course used to be bedrooms Back in the day, and again, if you get a chance to go to forepaws.com, that's f o r e p a u g h s com. The house is worth a look, they've got some fabulous and amazing photographs on there. So, just talk us through. We're going to play very briefly two EVPs that we got from that investigation. So, Heather, do you just want to talk me through the first one and then I'll discuss the second one?
3: Um, yeah, in the room, it was myself, you, and uh, Janice and the owner yep and chelsea her niece yep and so we're sitting there and i was actually running the vigil and i had simply asked um can someone say hi and who are you and this is the evp we got
1: okay so we're going to play this a couple of times heather said can you say hi and what's your name
3: hi can you tell me who you are
1: so obviously you can hear heather and myself in the vigil repeating the things that we're hearing so what he said there and we'll play it again for you we asked the spirit if he could say hello to us and he said hi there's then a pause of a couple of seconds and we ask him for his name and he clearly says his name is daniel so let's just listen to that again what i want to emphasize is the fact that we don't do anything to these clips when you watch these shows on the television they add filters to them they stretch them they do amplify, everything amplify yeah. that is raw all that's happened there is we've just taken a clip and you know, taken that out just as a clip we've done absolutely nothing to it if we played the digital voice recorder, over the mic now. That is exactly what you'd hear. We've done absolutely nothing to that. I think it's always a case that we get so many fabulous grade A EVPs that the ones that we think, did it say that? I'm not quite sure. We just throw away. We don't even bother with the Mm -hmm. grade Bs and the grade Cs. And if you've got to do things to that clip, to that audio, using some sort of program to take out the rubbish or to stretch it or do this, that, and the other, what is the point right just throw it away yep. so what you're hearing here is raw audio just recorded and played back
3: i think it should be noted as well the only man in that room was you
1: that is true
3: so that voice is not yours
1: would you say he had an american accent i would so there we go I'm <laughs> i can't do i've an, heard
3: your american accent yes it's it sounds terrible. like i'm having a stroke
1: somewhere on the <laughs> banks of the mississippi down south is what it sounds like and i won't insult everyone around the table (laughs) by doing that you betcha don't you know and i just want to emphasize again the owners were fabulous many thanks to them if you get a chance to eat at the four paws restaurant in saint paul i would recommend that the food is amazing the staff are fabulous and hopefully we will be back there again it is going to be a chapter in my forthcoming book that has the working title the mysterious Midwest so we'll be looking out for that I'll be doing book signings and touring that book and lecturing when that comes out in a couple of months we have a paranormal quiz show we are the only paranormal weekly news quiz show anywhere in the world Greg is on two points I am yet to score Kim is on one and Heather has managed one and a half (laughs) I have a story to start the round of Ghosts and Hauntings that says Brad Sapp thought he was going mad when he started hearing a voice in the early hours of the morning. Sapp had been sorting out cans at the Redemption Centre that he owns in Carroll, Iowa, when he thought he heard the words, get out of here, being uttered by someone nearby. Perplexed, he searched the whole building but found nothing to explain the phenomenon. The next morning he told his wife, who jokingly dismissed the incident as a ghost, but when she too heard someone crying out from within the building's walls, the pair ended up calling the police. The source of the voice, as it turned out, was a 29-year-old former acquaintance who had somehow managed to get himself hopelessly wedged inside the building's chimney. Mr Claus of Lapland, 83... (laughs) <laughs> even more peculiar was the fact that when he was eventually rescued he was found to be wearing no clothes at all having seemingly removed them before entering the chimney to help him fit inside this is a dream that greg often has <laughs> perpetrator who offered the rather implausible explanation that he had gotten stuck while playing hide and seek has since <laughs> been arrested is now facing trespassing charges world hide and seek champion found dead in chimney (laughs) (laughs) I love this show have I mentioned this
3: oh I get it (sighs) you said Mr. Claus
1: oh fuck (laughs) 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 Heather's working on Pacific Time Back to central time. What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts?
3: Oh, why am
1: I here? And hauntings.
3: I'm going to the Philippines.
1: The Philippines. Yes. What's the international dialing code of the Philippines?
3: 63.
1: You're not getting points for that. I just (laughs) said that 10 minutes ago.
3: The Philippines President Duterte Harry refuses to live in the presidential palace because he says it's haunted. The new president of the Philippines, who is dubbed Duterte Harry because of his crime busting maverick style Does he like
1: dirty Harry?
3: I think so. I think that might. Duterte.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to get points off your story. I'm having a three. I wonder if Duterte in Filipino, it probably means dirty.
3: I think you might be right. He has refused. I know that
1: from looking things up on the internet.
3: (laughs) He has has refused to live in the country's presidential palace.
1: Don't, by the way, type in the word Filipino and Duterte. That's a bad. I lost a whole day. A whole day of work was gone.
3: The palace in Manila was built in 1750 and has been the home of the Filipino presidents ever since the country became independent in 1945.
1: They've got an anniversary coming up. It's the middle of June. June the 14th.
3: Yes, they do.
1: I'll give myself another point.
3: (laughs) But Rodrigo Duterte told reporters this week he would not live there and explained why.
1: Oh, so his name's Duterte. Apparently. And they've just added the Harry bit. I think so. I ridiculously thought that when you said Duterte Harry... That Harry was his name.
2: Take that point away. His
1: <laughs> name. Oh, wow.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, had, I had mother's finger there as well. You didn't- <laughs> I thought Duterte Harry. I thought Harry seems like a reasonable name for yeah. somebody. That must be Filipino for dirty. It turns out his name's Duterte and they just added the Harry bit for the dirty you go. Harry.
3: Oh, you got it. You're catching on now take your point away there are many ghosts there
1: <laughs> for some reason ladies and gentlemen my guest panel thinks this is some sort of socialist democracy what they haven't realised is we're running an autonomous dictatorship just like the Philippines
3: you're talking and all I'm hearing is blah blah,
1: blah. I'm talking and all I'm hearing is four points <laughs> don't enable her she only gets like this because you give her high fives and laugh
0: (laughs) the
3: palace's most notorious residents were actually the dictator ferdinand marcos and his wife imelda who lived there from 1965 until they were ousted by people power in
1: 1986 he wasn't ousted he was shot was he Absolutely
3: <laughs> during their rule, many political dissidents and coup plotters were allegedly tortured and murdered in what is known as the Black Room. But the Marcoses themselves also claimed to have been haunted by ghosts of two former presidents, Manuel cuiza and Manuel Roxas or Rojas. Marcos's daughter, Amy, once saw a Quiznos ghost in the presidential study, and the palace is also reportedly haunted by the ghost of a presidential valet. Duterte said he still planned to work out of the palace, but said he was looking into possibly living in a nearby mansion.
1: He's he's, out of there. He's out of there. He couldn't live in the east or the west wing of the palace. He's going to live in a mansion. No, because they were filled with Imelda's shoes. That's true enough. She did have a lot of shoes, that woman, didn't she? More than you could possibly wear in a lifetime. Unless, of course, you were a centipede, in which case that'd be great. Great. Best thing ever, wouldn't it? Mm. That's why you don't see centipedes playing soccer, because they don't get onto the second half. It takes them the first half to put their boots on. (laughs) (laughs) a spooked out couple were terrified to discover that they were stalked by a horde of black-eyed ghosts as they went on an early morning walk through a graveyard but they only realized the spooks were there when they looked at their photographs they had snapped while they were out kev and liz lane were walking through their local cemetery in Cowden, kent when they were followed by the spirits and they snapped these images to prove it the throng of ghostly apparitions appeared behind the duo just before 5am when they were listening to the dawn chorus. Who goes for a walk in a graveyard at 5am? That's got to be insomniacs, alcoholics and paranormal investigators. <laughs> Heather sits in the middle of that Venn diagram. <gasps> Who ever knew that learning about Venn diagrams at school would come in useful all these years later for a joke about Heather? <laughs> see it wasn't a waste of time one day i'm hoping to use quadratic equations great but the married couple only discovered them when they got home and checked their camera which appeared to show an edwardian era woman and a boy as well as other spooky faces all with black eyes The photos appeared to show some sort of fog moving to view across the three pictures, which were taken only seconds after each other, and the couple said no fog was visible with the naked eye. Liz, 54, and husband Kev were completely unharmed by their visitors from beyond the grave because they only spotted the spectres when they got home. Kevin, 57, said, At the time, nothing seemed out of place, but when we looked at the pictures after we got home and uploaded them, this is what we saw. When we took the pics, there was no mist, fog or smoke. In the first picture, something is coming into shot on the right as well as the left. In the second one, the mist envelops the picture and in the middle of the mist appears to be an Edwardian lady with a baby. And next to her appears to be a Victorian boy. Full marks for distinguishing between Victorian and Edwardian fashions. There's a very fine line there, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Not many people could do that. It's very impressive. The third picture was taken seconds after, and it's gone, apart from an orb in the top left-hand corner. In the final picture, it appears as though the ghostly presence has disappeared almost as quickly as it came. The pictures were taken in the graveyard of the St Mary Magdalene Church in Cowden. The church itself isn't renowned for phantom sightings, although the village of Pluckley, just 30 miles away, was named as the most haunted place in Britain and even received a Guinness World Record in 1989. The village has more than 15 recorded ghosts and visitors have reported hearing a ghostly horse-drawn coach, seeing black silhouettes and hearing screams. I've actually been to Pluckley. It's a really nice little village in Kent. I sat and had a lovely dinner in the pub there that sort of dates back to the 13th, 14th century. What, your dinner? Yes, my dinner dated back. (laughs) I had to have a glass of water to put it in to rehydrate it. I often wondered, if you was in a French restaurant and you ordered escargot, if you had the snails and you came with a big plate of snails and you said to the waiter, can I have some salt, please? If you put salt on your dinner, would all the snails disappear? Would you just have the shells rolling around? Would you hear, and all your snails? Your dinner has disappeared before your very eyes. And the next thing you'd say to the waiter is, could you bring me a glass of water, please? And you could rehydrate your dinner in front of the waiter using a glass of water. Is that what you were thinking? No. You have okay, much time. Just checking. <laughs> I actually got an EVP of a horse and carriage. It says in Pluckley, one of the things that happens is hearing a horse and carriage running by. And I did an investigation in Bedfordshire back in Britain with the team of the Luton Paranormal Society. If people wish to look that up, that's a fabulous team, the Luton Paranormal Society, LPS. We did an investigation in Bedfordshire at Houghton House. It's a Jacobean hunting lodge. It's the ruins of a lodge dating back to 1615. And of course, we don't have horses and carriages running around in the middle of the night in Britain. And we actually recorded some EVPs Of horses and carriages, what sounded like horses and carriages running along the country lanes there. I thought that was very, very interesting. If people wish to see those photographs, they need to visit our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings?
2: Strange cemetery noises. A visitor to a graveyard bravely went to investigate an eerie and strange knocking sound coming from among the headstones and discovered... A fox cub with its head stuck in a jar of peanut butter, bashing it on a gravestone in a desperate bid to be
1: free. Oh, what God. kind of sound was that making? Do the sound of a fox with its head stuck in a peanut butter jar. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm, um, that's it, is it? Yeah, that's all. <laughs> to me, that sounded like a fox. <laughs> With its head stuck in a jello jar. <laughs> Surely the peanut butter would be a slightly deeper sound, would it not? Oh well. Okay. <laughs> Turns out you're making it up. Who knew? <laughs>
2: The three-week-old vixen cub was near to death when it was found forlornly knocking the jar against the headstone in the grounds of Salisbury Crematorium in Wiltshire earlier this month.
1: Full marks, by the way, for getting the word Salisbury correctly pronounced. I'm impressed. You shall get points. <laughs> cool. I was expecting you to say Salisbury.
2: <laughs> no. No, very
1: impressed. You keep going.
2: <laughs> she was picked up by Kevin Drew from the Creatures in Crisis Animal Rescue Sanctuary, and he managed to free it with the help of his son, Callum before taking it back to the center in nearby Winterslow. We had a call about an animal banging around at the crematorium. They thought it was a kitten banging its head against a gravestone, he said. We attended the scene and there was a fox cub with its head stuck in a peanut butter jar, trying to lick the peanut butter out. The jar was stuck fast on its head. If we had been there any later, it very well may have died. The plastic jar was tight on tight enough for the poor fox cub not to be able to wriggle free, but there was just enough air getting through its fur that it hadn't suffocated.
1: The big question here is why there's a jar of peanut butter left in a graveyard. I mean, that can conjure up all kinds of imagery. I can't even begin to explain how that would get there. That worries me. That gives me concerns. What kind of dark shenanigans is taking place in graveyards in Salisbury with peanut butter? That's where I'm putting your ashes. Is it? Okay. (laughs) Put it in the gif jar. Okay. And just throw them over the wall. That'll be cheap. (laughs) i'm surprised you won't then be dancing on them (laughs) that's why i'm getting buried at sea Uh uh-huh how'd you like it now that's Uh, ruined your plans is not it how do you get buried in a jar how do you get buried in the sea
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i'm (laughs) Um, just curious when the tide goes out you dig a hole you put the peanut butter jar in and wait for the tide this is a woman (laughs) who's never ever Seen the ocean or any kind of tide? True. It's true. We're really? we're landlocked in Minnesota, the land of ten thousand lakes. In fact, there's fifteen thousand. There's just five thousand. They were too lazy to name, or they run out of names. There's so many lakes in Minnesota. They ran out of names. There's like twenty five lakes just called Lon Lake. There's lakes now just called Colin and Dave because they couldn't be bothered anymore and they'd run out of ideas. You've never seen the tide. You have never seen the ocean. Nope. The tide goes out. We bury the peanut butter jar. (laughs) The tide comes in. (laughs) Happy dancing, Miss Morris. (laughs) Morris dancing. Everybody's happy. Um. Points to be
2: Uh, It was on pretty tight, but there must have been just enough oxygen in there for it, added Mr. Drew. You couldn't get your finger between the jar and the animal's neck. It was on so tight. But we picked it up and brought it home and managed to cut the jar off.
1: It's when the fox suddenly goes mad and attacks everybody and it's ripping your throat out and clawing you up and has got rabies.
2: Three weeks old, though I don't think it's going to do a lot of bad.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, Poor little bugger. Yeah.
2: She was near to death when she was freed. She was very subdued but doing fine now. It will be another three months before she's released. Obviously, she has been nicknamed Peanut
1: we're just what's wrong with butter (laughs) they could have gone either way 50 50 chance pb and j there
2: mr drew says we are just glad it was a plastic jar and not glass and i'm thinking well if it was glass and it was banging it against the cemetery headstone it would have broke open and they wouldn't have had to rescue it so i'm not quite sure what he means by that
1: it's a very strange thing
2: Once we got the jar off, we were able to examine it and check that it didn't need to go to the vet. We made sure there was no peanut butter residue on its head and took it to the center. (laughs) Peanut, who was rescued last week, is now recovering well and living with another female fox cub. We would urge people to wash their jars out before they recycle them or throw them away because it would stop things like this from happening again.
1: This is very true. Do you know the worst thing about finding foxes and badgers in graveyards? And I have experience of this. And, of course, a lot of graveyards in Britain are overgrown because they're six 600 years old. They are on 360 acres, some of them. Huge, huge plots of land, of course, for London. And you can't look after those graves. They're all overgrown. It's like Sleeping Beauty. You're hacking your way through vines to see the most amazing photographs that you can get of statues and sarcophaguses and all <laughs> kinds of fabulous funerary designs. But the worst thing about foxes and badgers in graveyards is they dig dens. And I have witnessed many, many times, because when a fox digs a hole in a graveyard, it's kicking all the dirt out the back, right? So you walk past a hole where a fox lives, and then there's a pile of dirt, and there's clothes and bone fragments. I've actually seen a Aww. shoe. So they're digging through the soil and kicking everything out at the other end. And, of course, there's a big pile of dirt with bone fragments and bits of clothing, which is very dark.
2: So then you're haunted by the sole of the shoe.
1: That's fabulous. I shall give you points. You are now on four. We move into the round that is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and hairy beasties. Not everybody is convinced, but UFO fans claim to have found a smoking gun, a plane going a 100 times faster than a normal aircraft. As long as it was going horizontally, of course, if it was going vertically, that would be bad. The object was captured on a flight tracking app streaking across the sky of Auckland, far faster than any earthly aircraft would be. It was spotted by eagle-eyed staffers at TVNZ's breakfast club show, who then saw it on their weather cams. Naturally, YouTube UFO fans have seized on the footage as proof of extraterrestrial visitors, although TVNZ seems to be rather tongue-in-cheek about their encounter. Other more sober observers note that flight tracker apps tend to track aircraft using transponders, which would mean that the aliens are really trying very hard to blend in. Perhaps they wanted to be seen. UFOs with transponders. The announcer says, big news, a UFO... We had a sighting, guys. One of our colleagues has Flight Tracker, where he watches planes all over the world. When we saw what was on the Flight Tracker, we checked the weather cams. Look at the top. What is that? It's not a plane. What is it? It's not the shape of a plane. It's sort of saucer-shaped in a UFO way. At least this week, it was not a Spider-Man balloon, if you wish to see the aircraft. Or the UFO traveling a hundred times faster than you would normally expect on New Zealand's TV's Breakfast Club. You can go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee and the video footage will be there for you to look at. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology?
3: I'm going to San Juan. In
1: San Puerto
3: Rico. One. Yes. A man claims that he saw two birds the size of airplanes. Manuel Ponce, a 48-year-old HVAC technician from Virginia, told Cryptozoology News on Wednesday that he was on a cruise with his family and church members when he saw the flying creatures. It happened right after 9-11, Ponce said. We had just booked a cruise with Royal Caribbean in January of that year. We had 28 members of our congregation, he added. The man claims that after a strong tropical storm, the captain managed to land in San Juan, Puerto Rico. We arrived there in the morning. The day was on and off, rainy with spurts of sunlight every hour or so.
1: Spurts of sunlight. You know, spurt- and it's gone it's gone hardly (laughs) worth putting the sunblock on was it i'm sat out there i've taken me shirt off me pallid english flesh
0: is glowing in the
1: darkness i've got me sun lounger out i've got me lemonade i'm rubbing in me suntan lotion the clouds part Then what happens
3: and then a bird comes by oh you mean the
1: gone that was it blinking you miss it barely got me flesh red
3: We hired a guide for half a day, and he took us to some places of interest.
1: He had a strange name. Half a day. Half a day, (laughs) yeah. Wow. Come here, half a day.
3: (laughs) As the guides took the group near the beach, Ponce explains they noticed a real dark, rolling-in rain cloud coming quickly. That's when I saw them. At the very top of the storm cloud, I saw two giant birds. I pointed up to everyone in the group, including my now (laughs) ex-wife. Yeah, it's an ex-wife.
1: That's what happens when you end up going on a holiday with Puerto Rico with a guy called Half a Day in spurts of sunshine.
3: He includes it, my now ex-wife, and the guide, so I wonder, (laughs) you know. But the birds went straight up. The man described the creatures as birds the size of airplanes with a 30-foot wingspan.
1: They were... Flying monkeys, then?
3: <laughs> their their necks were surrounded by a white ring, and they had straight beaks. Their wings were straight, with a feather protruding at the ends of their wings, he recalls. The alleged sighting reported lasted about five seconds, and Ponce said he was the only one to see the flying animals. That's convenient. Uh, he added that he tried to snap pictures but that he had not enough time to capture the image. Again, convenient. And Ponce, who says he was told the story to his congregation, friends and family, says most of them don't even believe him. Only my two sons believe me. I know what the heck I saw. He believes what he saw were thunderbirds.
1: Thunderbirds? Yeah. We suddenly went Native American there, didn't we?
3: Yep. So he believes he saw two thunderbirds.
1: That's very interesting. Are we in agreement? I can't make up my mind anymore. The rules change on this almost on a regular basis. Did pterodactyls have feathers or not? Because when you see pictures of them, they're like lizards, you know, and they've got their arms out. But now they think they found fossils where there's feathers involved. I don't know anymore.
3: I think uh, I said something about a pterosaur.
1: A pterosaur. Yeah. There are indeed... more questions than answers. Astonished residents have produced their own depiction of an alien they believe dropped out of a UFO and started walking around their neighbourhood. The bizarre creature allegedly landed near El Dorado, a small town in Argentina, and walked through the area. When it was spotted by people living in the area, the supposed extraterrestrial creature then retreated back to its craft, according to the local news reports, where it found the stereo had gone and its handbag was missing.
0: (coughs) (laughs) Students in the
1: area. That's a slight on Argentina. Students in the area spotted the creature and produced their own depiction with pen and paper. If the picture is anything to go by, the alien appears to be wearing a pair of trousers and seems quite happy with a smile plastered across its face. A female witness told the news something came down, straight down. A light came straight down, more or less, and they say it lost itself in that tree it tried to get into that house over there another woman added a very loud sound was heard all the signals went out there was no way to record that sound suddenly it fell down and disappeared i don't know what it could have been other witnesses described a strange pair of eyes looking out from behind a tree it was small and gooey one woman said (laughs) how was your wedding night <laughs> it extended its arms and climbed a tree that's when all the neighbors came out kim like that one but nothing could be found it is believed that the alien was spotted around 10 pm local time according to ufo sightings daily this is highly unusual has not happened very often except in secluded areas with small populations last time was an elementary school in africa for aliens to risk their safety by walking around and examining the area there must be something important about to happen in that area they'll calculate the risks and if the risk is too high they don't do it for them to do this something more important than their own lives was at stake he needed to stop for a pee he's going along in his ufo busting for a pee. Pull the ufo over i'm busting just go down over there by that small rural village i'll go behind the tree Simple as that. We now move into the round of the strange and the bizarre. It's the stories from around the world that are too strange and too bizarre, and they don't fit into any other category except here. I have a fabulous story to start the round. It's the return of the Phantom Turtler. Da 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 You're enjoying the, that way too think, much. I'm gonna start a cartoon. We're gonna have some sort of cartoon or TV series, The Phantom Turtler. John Smith was just an ordinary janitor when suddenly at night he gets on his Norton black motorcycle and becomes the Phantom Turtler. This is the moment a clubber was caught laying more than a few moves on the dance floor. Horrified onlookers watched in disgust as he proceeded to take a dump in full view of everyone in the night spot. (laughs) The gentleman who appears to be in somewhat inebriated state is caught in the filthy act by a furious bouncer. His pants still down, he finds himself picked up and swiftly thrown towards the exit. The burly security guard then makes his feelings clear by pointing towards the door. The incident happened at a club in Northern England at the weekend. A witness who tweeted a video of the incident which happened in Wigan on Saturday night said he was like this for a while. The DJ was trying to get someone to drag him out. But too late, the bouncer ended up with crap all down his leg. Who gets out a video and films this stuff? Okay, points uh... to be made available. Songs you would hear on the dance floor while the Phantom Turdler is doing his business. Brown-Eyed Girl, Van Morrison. <laughs> jump in when you've got one. Golden Brown by The Stranglers. That kind of works for both, doesn't it? The group and the song. Anyone can jump in. Brown Girl in the Ring, Boney M. Push It, Salt and Pepper. <laughs> I was pushing it real good. Blame It on the Poogie, The Jacksons. That's a bit of a stretch, but I was running out of ideas. Hockey Anyone can pokey? hokey Oh, there's a point to be had there. In fact, anything by Justin Bieber, I think, is the way to go. <laughs> Hanging tough. See where we are? <laughs> well I like to know where you left emotion. Our love is like a ship on the ocean. It's gotta be disco, isn't it really? We've got to find some disco hits for that. <laughs> Anyone can join in. Anyone, anytime. Okay, Heather, <laughs> what have you got for me in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have a bazier a bazier. You have a brazier. Is that like yeah. a that's a Brazilian bra? Uh, no, lots of cups, but little support. <laughs> oh no!
3: <laughs> Sorry,
1: it's, I was back to soccer. Then I can't help it.
3: It's a bizarre bust in Chesterfield Township. In Hang on Michigan. a second.
1: You said yeah. it wasn't anything to do with braza- a, braza- a bizarre, a bizarre, a bizarre. Yeah, but it's a bust. It is. In Chesterfield.
3: Yes. Okay. (laughs) But it's got nothing to
1: do with bras. No. But it's a bust. Yes. In In Chesterfield. Chesterfield.
3: Yes. (laughs) Okay. Well, you're going to love it. I know you will. A man has been arrested for illegally having a gun and marijuana while also holding a box.
1: It's not Chumbly, is it from?
3: Full of live baby squirrels. Oh. (laughs)
2: square
1: else you need a gun to keep all those buggers under control look it's getting away
3: don't do that
1: i'll Uh, tell you what i'm gonna do to keep them quiet i'm gonna screw peanut butter jars onto their heads and watch them run around
3: oh adrian edward obviously you never know what you're going to find when you're digging into a vehicle said the police chief a week ago in chesterfield township ian beer holes was going through a garbage bin and cops were called and found a gun and some medical marijuana and more. The individual was arrested and a subsequent search of the vehicle turned up a cardboard box filled with some squirrels, uh, some baby squirrels, on the inside is actually what they were.
1: So where's the hairiest part of a squirrel? Which side? It's on the outside. (laughs) It's on the outside.
3: (laughs) Uh, Squirrels um, and Beer Holes 32 was convicted of criminal sexual conduct. I mean, not with a squirrel.
1: (laughs) Jesus Christ!
3: (laughs) He was sentenced to three years in prison, but as a felon, he couldn't have a gun, so that's why he was actually arrested. What was he doing with a box of baby squirrels? I think he just found them, and so he thought he was helping them. Who finds a box of a squirrels? A box of squirrels. <laughs> they ship them on Amazon to
1: on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, today.
3: 2-day delivery with Prime.
1: <laughs> okay. Get your nuts ready. They would like a jar of peanut butter to be they honest, would. wouldn't they? Yeah. They would. It's
3: actually not illegal to possess squirrels. And I did not know that. I, I didn't know that be. squirrels
1: could be possessed. Who knows? Yes, knew?
3: yes, you have to go through an exorcism and everything. I know. Cops tell us that Beer Holes likes to go through the garbage and one day he found these baby squirrels. He appeared to be taking care of the squirrels, and it's a good humanitarian thing. Uh, he has a good side. And that's what was coming out. But the bad side for Holes is now he's going to face charges for a felony in possession of a weapon and improperly transporting medical marijuana. But what happened to the little
1: Bubby squirrels? This is a great weekend, isn't it? Guns, marijuana and, and a squirrels. box of squirrels. That's I'm right.
3: These squirrels uh, were turned over to the Animal Control Department of Macomb County and the le- as the last time we checked in, they were all going to be released. Ironically, Ian was released, too, but the- on personal bond, and he'll be back in court at the end of May, likely without the little Bubby squirrels.
1: Do you remember we started the show talking about Tarzan? Yeah. Why hasn't Tarzan got a bit? When he met Jane, Jane says to Tarzan, what do you do around here? You know, when you're practicing the physical arts, you get a little bit amorous. No women around. What do you do? Tarzan says, I used the hole in the tree trunk. Jane says, you've no need to do that anymore. You've got me now. She undoes the leopard skin bikini, lies on the floor, says, you know, you can use me now. Tarzan walks up to her, kicks her. What did you kick me for? Well, well, I have to check for squirrels in the hole first. <laughs> <laughs> We're here all week and try mm. the fish. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of The Stranger and the Bazaar?
2: Tiny robot can go on missions inside the body.
1: Wow. Was it hairy on the inside or just the outside? <laughs> we'll find out now. Where'd you insert it? This is why I want to know.
2: You'll have to wait and see. Okay. Scientists have come up with a tiny robot that could revolutionize treatment of the digestive system.
1: Oh, we know where that's going then.
2: Developed by an international research team from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, Sheffield University, and the Tokyo Institute of Technology. Well, we've
1: gone to America, Britain, and Japan there. This must be important.
2: The appropriately named origami robot can be swallowed inside a pill made of ice and then unfolded in the stomach when the ice melts during recent trials conducted inside a mock stomach the robot was used to dislodge and move a foreign object by an external control mechanism that works using magnetic fields the technology could prove particularly invaluable in helping patients especially small children who have accidentally swallowed batteries
1: how unusual
2: Something that happens 3,500 times a year
1: in the U.S. Really? Children swallowing batteries? That's nice. what it says. Knew nothing of the I this thing. I didn't know is...
3: they ran on them.
1: No, it's like the Jurassic <laughs> rabbit. I want to know how they get their robot back. <laughs> oh, there's your robot. I'll just dust it off for you. Put a bit of spit on it. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm.
2: It should also be possible to repurpose the device to perform other
1: beneficial services. (laughs) I want the robot first. I want it first. As (laughs) administering
2: drugs or conducting surgical procedures in otherwise inaccessible areas.
1: What if you're like the fifth person to get the robot? That would be terrible. I want it first. Don't give it to him. I want that. That'd be terrible.
2: <laughs> it's really exciting to see our small origami robots doing something with potential important applications to healthcare," care, said Professor Daniela Russ of MIT. For applications inside the body, we need a small, controllable, untethered robot system.
1: Untethered. Be terrible. If it was tethered and it's gone through your system, that would be like dental floss when you could pull it at one end and pull it at the other and clean everything out is where we are. I wouldn't want to be the next person to receive that robot. Batteries or no batteries? I wonder how big that is. I've now got the impression, you know, these huge. You've seen Robot Wars. Imagine you're in bed and they've given you anesthetic and they bring that in. It would be terrible. We move into our final round. That is called not for your mother. If your mother's of a nervous disposition, if she's easily offended, she needs to be shuffled out of the room. If there's young miners running around. This is the round that they need to be taken out. Is the stories from around the world that are laden with sexual innuendo. Heather, what have you got for us tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I'm
3: going to be a bit naughty.
1: So no change then? Are we going to notice a difference?
3: <laughs> is it a story
1: with a willy in it?
3: Y- it
2: could be. You don't know? It's
1: either got a willy in it or it's not got a willy in it. There's no half measures. Willy. You could use one.
2: Yes. Like, yes. Is some, that any- some there are half measures, yes.
1: Kim, could you use a willy?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am. There's half measures? That's not very nice with Greg in the room. I can't believe you just said that. That's shocking.
3: Well, I am going to introduce you to Pornhub's sex-based exercise program, Bang Fit. I'm
1: going to be knocking the <laughs> weight off you. <laughs> to be fair, Kim has been losing some weight. greg has <laughs> been working in the fields 24 hours, but Kim's <laughs> losing some weight.
3: By making thousands of hours of pornography available to anyone with an internet connection, Pornhub has inadvertently contributed to making this country more sedentary than it already is as passive viewers enjoyed watching various bangs they may be neglecting their physical well-being the Pornhub team apologizes for that and is atoning by creating bang fit a game-based fitness program that will get you to incredible shape while having the time of your life
1: this is the f plan diet isn't it <laughs> Sexercise Sex is where we are.
3: Yes. Essentially, this is an online game that invites players to strap smartphones <laughs> to their bodies. Hang on.
1: As they copulate
3: in order to score
1: points and burn
3: calories. Oh, my.
1: Sweetheart, can you bring the duct tape?
3: <laughs> <laughs> the program is being introduced with a colorful animated video that manages to evoke both the 1970s porn craze And the 1980s fitness craze
1: Whoever comes first loses
3: (laughs) The cartoon (laughs) employs an eye-assaulting colour scheme Not generally seen since the days of Physical by Olivia Newton-John And it's puzzling, however How the cartoon characters in this little movie expect to do well at Bang Fit (laughs) Since they seem to lack genitalia at all
1: I don't want my eye assaulted I'm just going to mention that now
2: (laughs) Well, I have to ask, too, if it gives any instructions on where to duct tape your phone. And the reason I'd I say that is because, like, these Fitbits and the iPhone I, exercise programs I stuff, don't know. I don't want to know. The length of your stride makes a I'm difference.
3: Does stress, it really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose on how many calories you burn it would.
1: Crikey. Greg's walking around like he's Neil Armstrong on the moon. Look at him. Wow. Giant strides across the fields. Oh, Remarkable, terrible, isn't it? It's, I can't believe it. <laughs> I was just reading this week about Olivia Newton-John New score. <laughs> oh Jesus! What are you doing in there? Leave me alone! Don't come in.
3: <laughs> oh, and I ran you, out of lives, and then you go in and check the high scores board, and it says mom
1: on top. <laughs> I've now got an image of my mum on top. How dare you? That's outrageous. What you need is really good and eye coordination. <laughs> I can't beat the score. My dad just put one out there. I just can't. <laughs> My parents are feeding me food under the door. I've not been out of my room for four days. I've been living on a diet of pancakes and pizza, I tell you. That's unbelievable. Olivia Newton-John, I didn't realise this. Do you remember the song Physical that you mentioned? Yes. That was the best-selling number one single for the whole of the 1980s in America. Was it really? I find that remarkable. Yeah, nine I don't weeks, believe that. Nine weeks, that was at number one. I found that hard to believe as well, so I looked that up. And? It's true, I tell you. Oh, whatever. This is where we are. A box of sex toys brought a city centre to a standstill after it fell out of a moving car, scattering dozens of the items across a busy road. (laughs) Passers-by stared in shock and drivers came to a halt as the colourful rubber toys crashed onto the street in the centre of Moscow, Russia. I bet there were lots of people rushing around oh, after that. No. Look, there's a fork in the road. As bystanders realised the nature of the objects, some of them whipped out their phones and began taking photos and I'm videos. I'm
3: thankful that you said phones.
1: The driver, meanwhile, stopped his car and climbed out. Police are looking as into it. As long as
2: they weren't strapping the phones on. <laughs>
1: There's been a rush on duct tape. We need to, You're in the duct tape factory. You've got your production line. You see these percentages going up on the wall. They can't believe it. They've had a board meeting. There's been a run in the duct tape factory. They've run out of supplies. The workers are getting overtime. They're working 24 hours to meet demand. The incident on Setnoy Boulevard is said to have occurred after the motorists gave full throttle when the traffic lights turned green. This caused the box of sex toys to fly out of the vehicle, eyewitnesses told the Pravda report. It is not clear where the container was positioned in the car. When it struck the ground, the box apparently ripped in several places, resulting in the majority of its contents spilling out into the road. Imagine getting that stuck in your bicycle spokes. You'd be over the bars, wouldn't you? It'd be terrible. Many passers-by giggled as they watched the humiliated driver collect the stash of sex toys before driving away. At least they filled in some of the potholes apparently. <laughs> One creative listener on Facebook this week this story is on there if people wish to see it. They can go to our Facebook site more questions than answers with. See it, it's
3: my wallpaper.
1: One creative <laughs> <laughs> It's a Christmas wish list is what it is. One creative listener has written on Facebook that they thought the picture of the guy picking up the sex toys and putting him in the box Look like me. <laughs> they said, That's that you, Adrian? Like I've gone to Russia in the week.
3: Yes. With
1: a box of sex toys. You have been gone for a while. That'd be ridiculous. I carry all my sex toys around in a trunk. Oh in <laughs> Russia. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of not for your mother?
2: A welling man thought noise coming from pigeons on his roof was a neighbor having an orgasm after his solar panel fiasco.
1: That's a long title, isn't it?
2: How are you going to tie that together?
1: What, pigeons and solar panels and women having orgasms? That's
0: right.
3: I guess we're now going to
1: find out, aren't we? (laughs) My life's boring. I don't know where these things go on. I sit at home in the dark typing like The Shining. I am Jack Nicholson, writing away my books in the dark in Minnesota in the snow. I can't believe the things that are going on in and around the world.
2: He is warning people who are thinking of getting solar panels to make sure netting is included in the contract. Roy Miller of Chaucer Road paid approximately $1,350 to have them installed on his roof last November, but did not get any sort of netting to keep birds away. Now noisy pigeons are waking him up in the early hours of the morning. He even mistakenly believed the sounds were made by a neighbor having an orgasm. (laughs) What
0: kind of
3: neighbors does he have?
1: <laughs> and I've never ever experienced the sound of a pigeon. Perhaps I'm not doing it right. <laughs> should I, have I done it wrong all my life that the woman should be making pigeon noises? What's going on here?
3: I can only do an owl. Don't look at me. I'm sorry?
2: <laughs> That's illegal in some and a, states. And a fox with a head in the pin jar. That's right.
1: You can only do an owl, can you? Again. That's where you draw the line with your feathered friends, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Does it help that his head goes around 360 degrees? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there are more questions. I'm finding out a lot more about my guests tonight than I ever wish to. <laughs> I draw the line of budgery girls. Oh, here we go. You're going to make an owl noise, are you? <laughs> That's it, is it? (laughs) Half a point gone. (laughs)
2: Uh, Mr. Miller said a salesman called my house phone explaining the benefits of having the panels. He convinced me and I had someone come around to install them. People that I've talked to told me to be careful as you get birds nesting on your roof without any proper netting. He added, I don't have a problem with the number of pigeons on my roof. It's just the noise they make. (laughs) They keep me up at night and when I do go to sleep, they wake me up in the morning. At first, I thought it was a neighbor having an orgasm.
1: Hang on a second. If he says at first, I thought it was a neighbor having an orgasm. At some point, he must have found out that it wasn't. Did he go to his neighbor and say, last night, you want to keep it down a little bit? And I think the bird noises are a little strange. And she says, no, I was out late last night. I never got home. Didn't do anything. How does he know? He said he thought it -hmm. was his neighbor having an orgasm. And then he ruled it out. And then he ruled it out? out. So how was it ruled out? Were, were questions asked? Did mm-hmm. he spy on the neighbors? Did he go round there, slip a one, found out she wasn't making bird noises and just carried on for the sake of scientific discovery? <laughs> what on earth's yeah. taking place here?
3: I don't know.
1: Oh, he should have got Gregory Peck and walked a pigeon round there to sorted her out.
2: <laughs> Mr. Miller went on to say how someone once counted 27 pigeons on the reserve at one time. He said, I know they disturb my neighbors. It's just unsociable. I All I do is bang my roof to try and get the pigeons to really, fly that's away. Really, it?
1: He's banging his roof now, is he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's better than a tree trunk, apparently. <laughs> if I was a rich man. That's Turdler on the roof, isn't it?
2: <laughs> he says, but I can say, come over to my house and see my birds. Sounds good, doesn't it?
1: Yes, until you get really? spinal meningitis from the droppings and then no one's laughing, are they? No. Heather, what have you got to finish the round of Nod for Your Mother?
3: Uh, I'm going to another porn site. Don't ask what I've been doing this week, please.
1: I don't need to. Your eyes are black. <laughs> Look at you. You've not had a decent meal. She's pasty, wasting away. Her eyes are black. She's not had any sleep. You need some fruit and vegetables and some sunlight. I know. You're lacking in vitamin D.
3: Mm porn site x hamster to be fair she's got
1: arms like popeye you should see her forearms she can open all the jars in the house never as a pickle jar caused this woman a problem
3: well there you go porn site x hamster debuts its first original series it's actually a reality show and it's called the sex factor yes i said it mm.
1: you're gonna get voted off one a week are you yes Uh Simon Carroll standing there.
3: I don't think he's doing that. Looking at you oddly
1: whilst you're, you know... Doing the business. Getting into different positions Mm. and cooing like a pigeon, and Simon Carroll's shaking his head and pressing a buzzer.
3: Would you like to hear about it?
1: Absolutely.
3: All right. It seems everyone wants a piece of that sweet original programming pie these days even porn sites, X Hamster launched The Sex Factor this week, a 10-episode series seeing 16 wannabe porn stars battle it out. It follows the format of the talent shows you find on your major networks, with rounds of judging, people getting sent home each week, and catty pieces to camera about fellow contestants, but features some challenges you're unlikely to find on The X Factor.
1: This week, Simon, I'm going to do Mariah Carey.
3: Would you like to know a couple of things that they like to do on the?
1: Well, I can I can get practice in. It's
3: a uh, competitive blowjobs. I hope oh you're not practicing that.
2: <laughs> I think they should get rid of the buzzer and introduce the gong like they had years ago. <laughs> the gong,
1: <laughs> competitive blowjobs.
3: Competitive blowjobs
2: well,
1: on my uh, on the whistle. <laughs> What if there's like a photo finish on my (laughs) whistle? (laughs) On your marks, get set, wait for it, wait for it.
3: And orgasm faking. That's another. (laughs) Yeah, I can laugh too. Thank you. Uh, The contestants compete. Hang on.
1: Does that include men faking an orgasm?
3: (laughs) I don't think you can fake one.
1: Okay, we'll go with that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the contestants compete in increasingly explicit challenges to win their share of a $1 million prize, along with instant porn superstardom, X Hamster wrote of the show, which it's streaming for free. Just letting you know, host Asia Akira leads the show's contestants through the hardcore, yeah, I said it, hardcore competition, while other porn stars like Tori Black, Remy LaCroix, Lexi Bell, and Kiri Lee serve as mentors, coaches, and judges. Whatever happened to the good old porn star names?
1: Liamy Quake. yeah. Rick Rogers and...
3: Yeah. I'm making this up. I'm looking to back
1: that up. What if there's a tie break and they have to do a blumpkin?
3: Oh, no. No, no. Feeling like a skit straight out of 30 Rock, The Sex Factor has some wonderful taglines for its contestants. Would you like to hear those?
1: We've got to say it in a sexy voice.
3: One of them... I can't say this one in a sexy voice. One of them is gangbang enthusiast.
1: Gangbang. Enthusiast.
3: Another is church preschool teacher.
1: (laughs) I thought Donald Duck would be appropriate. You're having a stroke. No, I'm not having a stroke. It's Donald Duck, I tell you.
3: And there is another nicknamed Banana Boat. Care to know why?
1: Because it's a boat with bananas in it?
3: No, it's due to the
1: upward curve of his penis. Okay. <laughs> as long as we don't get to see a banana split, everybody's happy.
3: Uh, the all these names, um, plus you have the judges spouting constructive comments like
1: spouting what?
3: They're spouting constructive okay. comments. Like, I totally understood that she was coming.
1: Okay. Totally. Totally got there. Yeah. yeah. You had me from the first moment you I opened could your mouth. I Feel it. <laughs> Susan Boyle, she walks onto the stage. From the first moment she opened her mouth, she had me. I was there. I had tears welling up in my eyes. That was the best four minutes of TV I've ever seen. That had more Facebook hits than anything else. Completely broke YoTube Youtube.
3: YoTube Youtube.
1: It's off the street, ladies and gentlemen. My brother runs there. Yeah. Yo I now want to start.
0: <laughs> i can't
1: breathe <laughs> i want to start youtube 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 don't diss me your chief proper shanty man we're gonna be on youtube it's not
3: mine it's youtube <laughs> there we go
1: <laughs> no one goes stealing this idea and making money off us this is copyrighted i tell you
3: oh well the last phrase was uh, from the judge she was just penis hungry i love
1: that did she project into the auditorium?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh No, no, no.
1: Did the people at the back get that? Oh, yeah. I can't get Susan Boyle out of my mind. I'm sorry, it's ruined. ruined it's ruined everything. Why you have to put it in mine? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Susan Boyle, I just can't, you know... You, it's the eyebrows, isn't it? It's the, I, I,
3: why? It's I I
1: can't I can't get Susan Boyle out of my mind.
3: Did you tell Greg to pull up this site or what?
1: What's he got up there? He's got pictures of Susan Boyle. Is that it? Well you can understand, ladies and gentlemen, why this part is called not for your mother and we don't do it live on air. If you have any complaints you need to write to Miss Morris on Yo, Youtube. <laughs> Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, the K2 meter with the dead battery is Greg, who scored a very reasonable three points. But in resplendent first place with the $33,000 IR camera, it is Heather who scored four and a half points. Kim and myself. You did. Okay. Despite all the odds. I think it was. More to do with the fact that the rest of us were just lagging behind. I think it's a reflection on myself, Kim and Greg, rather than your abilities at this stage. Oh. But you did win (laughs) on four and a half
0: points.
1: (laughs) Kim and myself have four. The half point put you over the over. edge do not fear listeners she will lose next week with a whole bunch <laughs> of stories <laughs> at the same time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of cheating paranormal strange intriguing bizarre and weird please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee you can also contact me on my twitter account at adrian underscore lee underscore tips and remember we now do an extra 20 minutes of the the show in a round called not for your mother that we can't read out live on air for fear of being fined or removed but you can find on our archives my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris Ton drainer kim and Gore, nathan bush and all at the international paranormal society in paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group peanut butter of minnesota and move on it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember Be interested and interesting. Good night.